Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Joshua, the first chapter. And as you're turning there, say, Father, give me ears to hear and a heart to be transformed. Say it again. Give me ears to hear and a heart to be transformed. That's what it's all about. When we come into the house of God, our aim should be to be transformed. This is not just a gathering. This is not just a place where we come to do some sing-alongs. This is the place where we come to have an encounter with a mighty God who has the ability to take us from level to level, from season to season, and to shift our life into the right direction. The past month, we've been in a series called The Past and the Promise, and we know that we all have a past. Turn to the person next to you and say, I know you got a past. <laughs> I can tell by your tattoos that you've been some places in your life. We know you got a past, but the good news is no matter what you've been through, no matter where you've come from, God has a promise for your life, but you have to be intentional about stepping into it. Stay with me this morning. You have to intentionally step into what God has prepared for you. It does not fall into your lap. You have to pursue him. You have to pursue his presence. You have to find the principles within his word and walk them out. I have to see it. I have to begin to speak it. And then I have to walk in it. And if I do that, then God says, I will respond in this way. And that's what we're seeing in Joshua, the first chapter, verse 8. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law... uh, uh, Another translation for the word law could be instructions or it could be teachings. So God's saying don't allow these teachings to escape your lips. Make sure that this book of instructions does not depart from your mouth, but meditate on it. Turn to the person next to you and say meditate on it. He says meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Right here, God is giving Joshua the what, the why, and the outcome. He's telling Joshua what he needs to do. He's telling Joshua why he needs to do it, and he's telling him what the outcome is will be. The what? He he says, here's what you got to do. You've got to rehearse my word. You've got to keep your mind fixed on my word. You've got to continually be speaking my word. Why? So that you will make sure that you are doing what is written in it. It's important to understand that The point of Scripture is not to just be a learner of Scripture. It's to become a doer of Scripture. Are you following me this morning? I mean, it's great to learn, it's great to study, but it is useless unless I actually do something with what I have learned. You know, if you go to the store, you can buy 
something that has to be assembled, whether it be a, purse, uh, a piece of furniture or maybe a piece of equipment. And within that box, there's going to be something called the instructions. This is, this is news for some of you men out there. There is actually, there is actually something they have placed within the package that gives you the instructions. And let's say you open the box, you take out the instructions, and you begin to read them through. You begin to study these instructions. You begin to highlight the parts that you think are very important. You begin to even memorize the instruction manual. And once you get it down in English, you flip it over and you begin to learn the instructions in Spanish and French and German. You know what to do. You know how this product works. You know how it's made. You know what to do if something bad happens to the product. You know how to fix it. You have all the information you need. But did you know that product will not put itself together based upon your knowledge of that product? You actually have to take the tools and begin to follow the instructions. That's what God is saying to Joshua. Like, I want you to meditate on the word. I want you to mull it over. I want you to get it in your heart so that you will be careful to do everything that is written in it, because just being a hearer of the word only does nothing for you. Are you following me this morning? Jesus tells a story of two men building a house. He says, one man built his house on the foundation of sand. Another man builds a house on the foundation of rock. A storm comes and beats upon both houses. How many of you know storms are equal opportunity offenders? They come for the good the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So Jesus is letting us know the storm is coming. He says, but the house is built on the sand. When that storm comes and beats upon the house, it's going to fall, and the, the fall is actually going to be great. But the house that's built on the rock, when that same storm comes, it will stand. And then he begins to explain this to us, because Jesus isn't just talking construction. There, there's a method... <laughs> And a point to all this, he lets us know, like, if you hear my word and do nothing with it, it's like building your house on sand. The house may look good, it may feel good from the outside, but when the storms of life come, your house begins to fall. But if you hear the word and do something with it, then when the storm comes, you have a foundation that you can stand upon. You can't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to meditate on it. Why? So that you can be careful to do everything that's written in it. And then here's the outcome. Your life will go into a pleasant direction. How many of you would like for your life to go in a pleasant direction? That does not mean that the direction will always be easy. It just means it will be the pleasant place. It is the green pastures that he leads you into. It is the still waters that you walk beside. It is his presence with you in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. No matter what you walk through, you stand and you thrive because you have taken his word and applied it to your life. Meditate on the word day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. The title of this message today is Fix the Flow. Turn to the person next to you and say, Fix the Flow. If you don't like the direction your life is going in, fix the flow. Change 
something. Don't keep on repeating the same thought processes and behaviors and expect a different outcome. Change the flow. When I was a kid, I remember hearing stories about my dad and grandfather riding motorcycles. Now, they did it before I was born. So I didn't actually grow up seeing them ride motorcycles, but I heard their stories about how they would ride. I heard their stories about how they would work on motorcycles, and I was like extremely intrigued with motorcycles. I thought they were cool. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was Grease 2. Like, Grease 1's good. That's a good movie. But Grease 2, they have motorcycles. It's even better. And Michelle Pfeiffer's looking for a cool rider, a cool rider. Yeah, I was thinking, I could be that guy. I could, I could be that, you know. So I loved motorcycles. And my, my cousin and I, we would pretend that our bicycles were motorcycles. And we would wear full face helmets. Now, this is back before people thought it was a good idea for the kids to wear a helmet at all on a, on a bicycle, you know. And we found these full face helmet, motorcycle helmets, and we would wear them and we would pretend that we were motorcycle cops. To be more specific, we thought we were chips. Anybody old enough to remember chips? Turn to that person and say, that's because you are really, really old. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> beyond pretending and, and stuff like that, I never really gave any thought to riding an actual motorcycle until I got a little bit older and my dad decided he was going to get back into riding and he bought a motorcycle. Then after that, everything became Harley Davidson to my dad. It's like his entire wardrobe shifted. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if there's like some kind of thing you sign in the contract when you buy a Harley Davidson that you have to wear Harley Davidson clothing at least 90% of the week. I don't, I don't know, but everything shifted and that's, I mean, everything was centered around riding a motorcycle. You want to go to lunch? Okay, well, I'm doing it on the motorcycle. You want to go on a vacation? Okay, well, we're riding motorcycles. And so because of that, Motorcycles, again, got my attention, and I started going to the stores and looking around the dealerships. I started talking to the salespeople, trying to figure out what I could afford. I started hopping on the websites and looking at all the different bikes and, and trying to figure out what is it that I want. And then I got my license, and I eventually bought a motorcycle. Why? Because I gave my attention to it. And here's what you need to know. We tend to gravitate towards what we meditate on. If you think about it long enough, you will eventually step into it. And so God is telling Joshua, like, you are the new leader of Israel. Moses is gone. And if you want to succeed within the purpose I have created you for, you need to meditate on my word. Why? Because your life is going to flow in the direction of your greatest thought. Please get that this morning. Your life will flow in the direction of your greatest thought or thoughts. What you meditate on is what you will gravitate towards. Everything that you do and who it is that you become, it all starts with a thought. A thought is like a seed. And the more you water that seed, the more it will begin to grow and produce until eventually it breaks through the ground and starts producing fruit. 
And that can work to your advantage as well as your disadvantage. Because good seed will produce what? Good fruit, right? Good thoughts will produce good outcomes. But a bad seed will always produce a negative harvest. So God is letting Joshua know you've got to meditate on the word so that you will walk it out because that is what will bring you into the place that I have called you to be. It is watering the seed. It is watering the seed. Tell the person next to you, say, you've got to water the seed. See, understand this. When we, when we say meditation, many times our mind goes to what we have seen as meditation, which is, um, and that form of meditation is to clear your mind, to try to center yourself. Biblical meditation is not that. Biblical meditation is not clearing your mind. Biblical meditation is filling your mind. As a matter of fact, that word meditation that is used in Joshua in the original, it means to like chew on, to, to mutter, to, to, to mumble to yourself continuously the word of God, feeding yourself the word of God. Because if you approach the word of God properly, it will shape you and mold you into the person that God has called you to be. Because whatever you meditate on, you will gravitate towards. If you want to change your life, change your meditation. If you want to see things change in your life, begin to change what you dwell on and what you think about. Because whatever you think about gets planted in your heart. And if it is watered long enough, that is going to produce something. And so the Word of God has this powerful effect, this powerful way to come into our life and begin to change us from the inside out. The Bible says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 12, for the word of God is, does somebody know the next word? Living. Guys, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> for the word of God is uh, sharper. <laughs> well, you skipped ahead a little bit. So can we just sidetrack for a minute? Years ago when we, our church was still pretty young, we we're meeting in Kennesaw and you know, everybody's eager to learn, you know, and we had a really, really young group of people. And I'm in this message, and I do something like that, and I'm like, and you know what? And I can't remember the point I'm making, but Cameron, who plays guitar, Cameron, would you just stand up? Everybody just needs to see you right now. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Just, hey, take a look at it. So Cameron, you know, he was just on fire for God, and I get to this point, and he goes, Peter! And I was like, no, uh, keep on moving. So, yeah, so the, the word of God is living, there we go, and active. Here's your part, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, get this, watch what it does, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The, the Bible is the only book that when you read it properly, starts to read you. It begins to work on you as a surgeon would work on you. Removing things that do not need to be there 
and replacing it with things that do need to be there. One of the biggest changes I ever saw in my life was when I really started giving myself to the meditation of the Word of God and doing it properly. And I think, you know, a lot of times in church we push, like, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, and that's great. But we never really tell people, like, how to do it. And so most people get intimidated with the thought of reading the Scripture. And if you don't approach the Scripture properly, then you're not going to get anything out of it. So for the next few moments, I just want to give you a few things to help you make sure you are approaching Scripture properly. The first thing is this. You need to approach it prayerfully. Turn the person next to you and say prayerfully. The Bible is not a book you can understand and grasp fully intellectually. If you rely on your mind and your education to give you a revelation of Scripture, you are going to miss it. As a matter of fact, there are brilliant minds, people with PhDs, that have no spirit of God, and when they come to Scripture, they pull it into many directions that are not even right. And then there's someone like me, like, I'm not a, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> and I hear them talking, and I'm like, how, John, how did they even come up with that? It's because they're trying to approach the Word of God intellectually. And so the only way I can truly get something from the Word of God is to approach the Spirit of God who wrote the Word that can deliver it to me in the way that it needs to be delivered. So I, I need to come to it prayerfully. Father, what is it that you want me to see in your Word? And I told someone recently, they were kind of wanting to pursue a new level, and God, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to first pray. God, I'm about to study your Word, and I just ask that your Spirit would reveal things to me. Secondly, I told them, what I want you to do is, as you're reading, I gave them a text, Ephesians 2nd chapter, verse 1 through 8. I said, that's all I want you to read. And as you are reading this text, if you have a question, I want you to write that question down. If you have a thought or a point jumps out to you, I want you to write that down. And after you've read it and you've written these things down, I want you to pray over it. Father, here's what I'm seeing. Here's my questions. I, I need your help, and then I want you to read it again. Well, how many times should I do that? Over and over and over and over again. The Bible reading, your Bible reading is not about quantity, it's about the quality. See, some of us, we want to hop into these reading plans where it's like, I'm going to go through the whole Bible in 30 minutes, man, it's amazing. <laughs> and like, if you can do that, like, that's incredible, but you're probably not going to get much out of it. The way the Word of God works is the more I look at it, the more I meditate on it, the more I begin to receive from it. So if I will be prayerful about this and I will continually just mull over these passages, thinking about it, what are, what are my questions? God, what are you saying here? Here's what jumped out to me. Then I'm going to begin to get a lot more out of the text because it's not just scanning over. It's about soaking in it. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've got to learn how to soak in the word. Because if I'll soak in the word, I'll start soaking up the word. Does that make sense to you? And so, like, when I read scripture, I'm not just jumping through it. I'm taking a text, and I'm looking over it. I'm praying over it. I'm thinking about it. 
I'm talking about it, and I'm really working it out and allowing the Spirit of God to reveal something to me. So the first thing is I need to approach it prayerfully. The second thing is when I come to Scripture, I need to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Meaning if I see a verse here that I think means this, I should find it in the context of the storyline of Scripture and make sure that it means that everywhere else. Because if not, I'm going to pull things all different directions, and I'm going to find my one banner verse that supports my view of life, my way of thinking, and my lifestyle. Only God can judge me, you know? Well, he will, and that's scary, uh, but, but you're, pulling that, you're pulling that out of context. You're not really looking at it as a whole. So you need to, to get the most out of Scripture. You need to understand the storyline of scripture and you need to start pulling it together and allowing it to interpret itself. Third, when you see, this is important, when you see a promise, find the principle attached to it. Because without the principle, you will never see the promise. So God says, you're going to make your way prosperous, Joshua, and you're going to find good success. If you meditate on my word and are careful to do according to all that is written in it. Whenever there is a promise in scripture, you will find a principle attached to it. And the only way to step into that promise is to start working the principle. If not, you'll start claiming verses for your life that don't belong to you. There's a portion of scripture where Paul tells the church, he says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Anybody ever heard that verse? And that's the type of thing that we will, will hold on to. God's going to supply all of my needs. God's going to supply all of my needs. God's going to supply all of my needs. Well, what is the context of this verse? Have you ever thought about that? Why is Paul telling these people that I am sure, I'm, I'm assured that God will supply all of your needs? The reason he can tell them that with such great assurance is because they already followed a principle. They were financially supporting his ministry to expand the kingdom of God. And whatever you sow is what you reap. There's so many verses that go behind this. And so since you have taken time to give to God what is important to God and to release from your hands, then be sure that my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches which are in glory. Why? because you've walked out the principle. The Bible says the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. If you're not willing and you're not obedient, you ain't eating nothing. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to starve. Are you following this? I mean, to me, it's just it's so simple to put together. When God gives a promise for whatever it is, I've got to find the principle. Like if peace is something I need in my life, And I believe that that's something that many of us in this season need peace. And if you've got peace, I'm sure you need more of it. Did you know that peace is available to you from God? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding can guide you and fill your heart and guard your mind, do all that stuff. But there is a principle attached to that. Do you know what it is? The mind that is stayed on the Lord. He will keep in perfect peace. The mind that meditates and dwells on the things of God and who God is, is the one that will find peace. Do you know why? Because you're not going to be so distracted by everything else that's going on. 
I am like 95% oblivious to what's going on in the world. And people act like, you got to know what's going on in the world. Why do I need to know what's going on in the world? I know what's going on in the kingdom of God. I know that according to his word, I can prosper in every season. So even if there's drought, I have water. Even if there's famine, I have food. He's done it all through scripture. So when things shift around me, I don't change because he does not change. And I'm not going to fill my mind with so much worry and fear that I squander the word that is in my life. Please get this. Because the word of God is a seed. But if you allow that seed to be contaminated with bad soil, it will not grow or produce. You've got to make sure that you are allowing the word of God to settle inside of you in a way that it can produce and grow and manifest. Stop looking at so many things that are going on around you and shift your focus, fix your focus. Start to meditate on him and he will keep you at perfect peace. And when you feel like your peace is slipping, I can say, peace, come back to me. Why? Because I am following the principle. So many people in church want to fight the principle. And they want to get mad at the pastor for pushing the principle. But the pastor's the good guy for pushing the principle. It may hurt your feelings, but he's trying to bring you into the promise. And, and it ought to always feel well or feel good being brought into the promise. Because our natural carnal mind and our flesh will always fight against the things of God. And the enemy will always lie and always, will always deceive and say, well, they're just doing this for this purpose or they're just trying to manipulate for this purpose. Because they know if you ever find the principle of the promise, you will start walking in the promise, which brings your life into victory. This is a really good sermon. <laughs> I'm going to listen to this one again. <laughs> because... This is the type of thing, Lisa, that will bring a transformation to our lives when we begin to find the principles. Standing on the word of God. No matter what's going on around me, I stand on the word of God. I trust him and I do not lean on my own understanding. Whatever needs to happen, he is going to allow to happen. And it will work out to my good even if it does not feel good which is a completely different sermon because we filter good through our own concepts and ideas of what good is. But what is truly good is what is God's perfect plan. And that perfect plan doesn't always feel good, but it always leads to good. Are you with me? So when you see the promise, find the principle attached to it. Number four, the point of studying scripture is to first know him. If you're coming to Scripture for any purpose other than knowing him, you are approaching it for the wrong purpose. Sometimes we go to Scripture just to find talking points. You know how many people will call me and say, hey, this guy at work said this, and I need a Bible verse to tell him he's wrong. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, you've, you've missed the point here. <laughs> I don't study Scripture so that I can argue with you. I study scripture so that I can see him. And if I will see him and meditate on him, I will become like him because where the focus goes, that's what I'll gravitate towards. 
So when I approach scripture, I'm looking at, okay, Jesus, where are you in this? How is the story unfolding? Holy Spirit, let me see Jesus. Let me know you. It's not to find a verse that supports my values and my principles. So many times we'll do that. We'll, look, we'll just go through verses of Bible just to find something that supports our point. And if you're doing that, you are missing the point. Come to Scripture to be transformed by the Word and to know the Word himself, which is Christ Jesus. That's why the Word is living and active, because the Word is him. He is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. The words we read are not just words written by men on pages. It is the very breath of God that has been breathed. And when we approach it that way and I say, God, I want to know you. And that's my, that's my desire. God, I want to know you. That's when I'm going to start to benefit from his word. This one's important. You've got to treasure the word. Turn the person next to you say, you've got to treasure the word. Now say it like you mean it. You've got to treasure the word. Jesus talks about casting your pearls before swine. And he says, don't do it. <laughs> don't take something valuable and just throw it in front of something that's going to trample it in the mud. If I do not value the word of God, then I am looking at a pearl that he'll never release to me because he knows I'll just waste it. I've got to learn how to treasure the word in a way to where I honor the word. And, and when I approach it, I'm coming to the living word of God to be fed by it. When I was a kid, I, I started playing bass, the guitar. And there was this guy that I used to watch. And I was mesmerized by the way he played the bass. And I would sit there for hours watching video of this guy play. I would sit there and listen to recordings of this guy play. And all I'm doing is trying to figure out, how does he do that? How does he look when he's doing it? How does he stand when he's doing it? How does he dress when he's doing it? How does he hold the bass? How does he wear his shirt? Like, I was just totally, totally captured by the way this guy did what he did and I treasured what he did and I studied what he did and I practiced what he did until it became my own. And when I was thinking about treasuring the word of God, that's, that's how we approach the word of God. It's this thing that I, I want to look at it. I want to stare at it. I want to study it. I want to begin to see how was this person positioning them, th themselves before the presence of God? Like, what, what led to the outcome of this story? Like, what did they do that I could do? How did they respond how I could respond? How did this person respond in the midst of their crisis and their pain? H how did they press through their problems with praise? Because if I can begin to see them do it, I can begin to imitate them doing it until it becomes my very own. To where now when I step on the stage, if I grab a bass guitar, you see me, you hear me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It's treasuring. It, it's, it's showing a value. So many people, like when we come to church, we put no value on the word of God. 
and will come to a church for many different reasons, whether it be the way the building looks or the children's program they have or how the sound system sounds and how well the band plays. Is the pastor entertaining? Does he make me laugh? Does he make me cry when I need to cry? But we put no value on the Word of God. We don't come in hungry for the Word of God. And when we come in like that, we come in like a pig looking at a pearl that will never be released to us. Because Jesus says, I don't cast my pearls before the swine. If you want the pearl, you got to come to it as if it's something that is necessary for your life. There's a moment in Scripture where Jesus is teaching and he offends people. And all these people walk away from him. Then he turns to Peter. He says, are you going to go too? And Peter's like, where, where can I go? You have the word of life. I treasure I treasure, I treasure, I treasure. And I'm speaking this word to myself this morning too. I want to be a person who treasures the word of God because sometimes I myself even take it for granted. I take it for granted that, that I have a Bible on my phone with every translation you can imagine, with every language you can imagine. And there are people in this world that have never seen the Bible in their native tongue or language, and when they finally get one, if you should watch videos of these people, the way they celebrate and the way they worship and the way they dance just because they have received the word of God. Some of these countries where it's illegal to meet together like we do and we take it for granted and everything else becomes more important to us than meeting together as the people of God because we have no value of the word of God that says don't forsake the, the assembling of yourself and we think we know better than God and we've got a perfect way and, and all this stuff. These people who can't meet together, not only are they sneaking out and coming together in underground churches, but they will, they will take a page of the scripture and they will memorize that entire page of scripture so that they can pass it on to somebody else because they value the word of God. I really pray that we would become a church and a people that value the word of God and value his presence and don't take moments like this for granted. I, I really felt like when the whole coronavirus thing happened and, and churches couldn't meet together, I was thinking, like, just wait. When these bad boys open back up, you're going to have people standing in line ready to be back in the house of God. That's what I thought. But really, the pandemic revealed the nature of our heart, showed us what we value because people didn't come flooding. I mean, it's taken us two years just to get back to this point, and I celebrate those of you who have been a part and those of you that have continued and those of you have placed value on it. And if you haven't, today can be the day where you say, you know what, I'm changing the way I think. I'm going to change the direction of my life because I'm going to start placing value on the things that God says are valuable. His word is valuable. The gathering of his church and believers is valuable. It's necessary. We were built to do life together in community. Brittany, we can change the course of our life if we'll just begin to change the way we think and what we meditate on. Would you stand with me? The nutrients I need for my life 
are found in the Word. The nutrients I need for my life are found in the Word. And the Word of God becomes powerful in my life when I approach it properly, understanding that it is me and the Spirit in this thing together and that the Spirit is showing me things. The Spirit is revealing things to me. And no matter how many times I read a text, I can get something new from it. Joshua 1.8 that I read earlier today is a verse of Scripture that I have been familiar with, very familiar with for over 20 years. It's one that I can quote. And every time I look at it, even this morning when I look at it one more time before I come out here to speak, I see things in it that I didn't see before. Why? Because it's living and active. I can read a passage and the Spirit of God can speak directly to me right where I'm at. And that's one of the ways that God speaks to us. Many times we're waiting for an audible voice and God can speak audibly. But many times he will speak to us directly from his word as we're reading, as we're studying, as we're mulling it over. He'll begin to show us something that we've never seen before. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, Father, we ask that you would begin to touch every heart and every life that is in this room this morning. Begin to bring transformation, begin to bring change. God, I'm asking that you would begin to meet every single person right now at the point of their need. As a matter of fact, if you've got a need in your life, just place your hand over your heart, and I want to come into agreement with you right now that God would touch you. Father, you know the need. You know the desire. And Father, we're asking that you would move. God, we're asking that you would touch them. Father, we're asking that you would bring healing to them. Last week when we were in service, there was a woman who had been dealing with pressure behind her eyes and pain behind her eyes, and she hadn't been able to drive. And in our church service, God healed her and God touched her. And she testified later that week that ever since Sunday afternoon, no pain, no pressure. That's the God that we serve. And he is more than able and he is willing to meet you right now where you are and to touch you. And so I come into agreement with you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I ask that he would touch you, that he would help you. That he would begin to transform and change. God, that your word that was released today would begin to work on us. God, help us to see things differently than we've ever seen them before. We thank you for a complete transformation. We thank you for complete change. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone will say, Amen.